Hello, welcome to this week's Marketing Pod podcast. My name's Emma Crofts. Those who joined last week will know that I'm the Head of Content and PR here at the Marketing Pod. I am lucky enough this week to be joined by two of my fellow podsters, the brilliant Sarah and Kate, and I will let them introduce themselves properly in just a moment. I am also going to ask them for one fun fact about themselves. Sorry, both. Uh, But to make it fair, I'll tell you mine. And that is that I am weirdly obsessed with birds of prey. A little bit strange, I know, but uh, do with that what you will. So if I could just ask you both to say a quick hello. Awesome. Thanks so much, Em. And thanks for having me on the podcast. This is my first ever podcast and I'm quite excited about it. So I'm Kate Garrett. I am the Director of Client Services at POD, looking after all of our beautiful clients and helping them to achieve wonderful things with their marketing and communications. Um, The fun fact was hard. I started doing this and thought, you know what, I'm quite a boring person. And then I decided to actually impart a life tip with you. So my fun slash not so fun fact about myself is that I keep grab bags for one night stays, one week stays, wild camping stays. So I can just pack up in a nanosecond ready for any adventure. You are ultimately prepared like a really good girl guide. Damn right. <laughs> I was I was a seconder in the brownies, which could have also been my fun fact. I was a pixie. <laughs> I like that. Sarah, would you uh, give us a little bit of info about yourself? I can do. I don't know how quite how to follow that, but I'm uh, Sarah Burgess. I'm a PR lead at the pod. Um, so I work very closely with you, Emma, and with Kate as well across a number of clients. Um yeah, been doing this for more than 20 years, which will probably now massively age me. But um, in terms of a fun fact, again, a bit like Kate, I was like, oh, am I fun? I'm not sure. But um, before I did B2B PR, I, I did used to do consumer PR before I saw the light and, and work with various celebrities. So if you ever watched a program called Big Chef, Little Chef with um, Heston Blumenthal going into a well-known um, uh, motorway service station um, chain you will see me lurking in the background being a PR person so um, I soon sort of ditched that sort of in my life and found the light I think with B2B. Fantastic five minutes of fame. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the big chef little chef. There was lots of pausing it and making my family go there I am you can see like the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thank you both so much. Um, we'll sort of give a bit of an intro to the topic next um, and people again who listened in last time will know that I promised um, an insight into what we get asked most in pitches um, and perhaps also this is an opportunity for us to provide some helpful responses to those questions. Uh, no doubt we'll be covering some topics that will sound very familiar to anyone listening who works for a B2B marketing agency. Um, it's perhaps also interesting information for anyone who is perhaps in the process of writing a request for a pitch um, or about to seek out an agency partner, thinking about the kind of questions they might ask themselves and perhaps able to compare to responses they've already heard. Um, so again, if perhaps I could, I could hand over to you, Kate, first of all, what's one thing that you're hearing perhaps time and time again? Obviously, pitches can mean kind of anything really, can't they, from informal conversations through to really formal face-to-face or online meetings with the C-suite. Definitely. Uh, and there's a lot of commonality even between those informal conversations and the big RFP kind of beauty parades where you've got 20 agencies at the start and you're kind of whittling down to the final one. Um, 
I'm not going to kind of start with the basics. I think most people who are going to be listening to this podcast will know that it's super important to ask an agency that you're approaching about what their approach to strategy is. How do they look at content planning? What's their approach when it comes to, say, social media auditing and all of those technical questions? I thought I'd actually start with some of the more interesting ones that we're being asked of late. So, for example, we're being asked now, and we love this question, about what do we, how do we manage our team? What's our well-being strategy? How do we make sure our crew don't get burnout? No client wants to work with an agency where that's sweating their assets. So it's really, we really love kind of asking this question. And to be honest, we tell people about it even when they don't ask us the question. Um, we've recently been uh, revealed as the 14th best small um, company to work for in the UK as part of the Great Places to Work um, awards. And that's something that we hold very dear to our hearts because it's effectively coming from a decade now of building culture from top, from just being good, kind people at our hearts. Yeah, I think that's quite interesting because, as you say, you you sort of get used to facing sort of the the classics like when you go to the pitch, you often get asked, "Is this the team that will be working on my account?" And you know, by and large, with Pod, yes, it is because we are all you know senior specialists. So the people that you see at the pitch are are the people that will be working on your account. But I think it's a real sign of the times now that. And thank goodness it is that it's not just as these my people that actually your culture and everything that goes on behind that team is becoming increasingly important to clients in terms of recognizing who they want to work with. That yes, I'll get good work from senior people, but also knowing that those people are being well looked after. What about from a PR specific sort of point of view? Are there any questions that you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously sort of all the usual ones. So you know, we get asked about journalist contacts and so clients, you know, know that we understand their media, but that, that's almost, I suppose, kind of a, a given really. And and I think what's sort of interesting now is sort of the ever-converging worlds of digital um, and PR in particular. So we're increasingly being asked um, from an SEO perspective about getting backlinks and coverage and how that works and things like that. So that's something, as I say, someone who's been in this business for 20 years, that wasn't happening um, you know, even that that long ago, that's that sort of convergence of particularly the SEO, digital and PR and how they work together to achieve those sort of um, targets for clients. Um, and there was probably a time when um, a lot of people sort of rolled their eyes at the thoughts of trying to get a backlink in because does that sort of, um, you know, lessen the editorial integrity of a piece? But I think a lot of publications now are very online based as well that you know that you're always seeing ones that you know the print print editions are being closed down and they're doing a lot more online um but it's about having that sort of strategy around there so it's not about saying to a, a client that yes we can guarantee backlinks in every single piece of coverage that just won't work at all it's about having that strategic approach understanding you know how it will fit with the editorial um um, objectives of that particular publication or those that that particular journalist standpoint on things so that's been quite an interesting one that that sort of is cropping up again and again in terms of how we we are part of that that sort of um, integrated approach between digital SEO and PR and how we all work together. Definitely, yeah, we're very lucky, aren't we? Again, here at Pod because we have got those digital experts to call upon. So even if we can't get that backlink in uh, in the place that the client wants it, we can obviously optimize the content in other ways. 
Kate, is there something you wanted to add? Yeah, definitely into that because I think it leads into one of my other biggies that comes up in lots of situations with prospective clients. And that is about pod centers of excellence and actually how we operate um, because it's a non-traditional agency approach. So in another agency, you might find, you might get your account executive and your account manager and your account director, and they might be actually executing a lot of the work for you. Whereas pod, our account directors are very much in the heart. They're like the, the hub and the, the spokes go out of that hub to get the work done into our centers of excellence. So we're kind of, my team sit in the middle sort of juggling and we're funneling that work through the five different centers of excellence of strategy, digital, creative, content, and PR. And I think that's one of the kind of most beautiful things about the team at Pod is this integration between the centers of excellence. So you've now got in-house team, particularly at that enterprise level, I find, where they're just happy not to be managing five six different agencies because they need the kind of you know they've got okay we found that this company does pr quite well and then we found that this company can do really great um api integrations but it's fine come to pod and we can do all of it and that is one of the questions that i do tend to get asked a lot because even if we get someone that might come for a pr attainer or they might come just for some um pay social optimization that's where they start, but then they usually find there's something else that they want as well. It's a it's a great point of differentiation as well as you said that they may it may start off as a PR pitch, but as you say, PR now is so integrated into everything else in terms of audiences and channels that PR is not just getting piece of coverage anymore. It's how it integrates with social and content and all those kinds of things, and that's where we can come in and say, well, well we do all of that um, as well. And if you really want to make your PR campaign sing we can add add all of our sense of excellence perfect place for me to do a shameless plug for kate's blog which i believe has uh recently gone live on what it's like to be the glue that holds it all together um so yeah you can find that on our website at marketingpod.com and across our social channels blog was beautifully supported in rising so i get i may have given the content ideas for it wonderful content team We'd love to uh, to interview the experts and turn it into shareable content. Obviously, from a content perspective, the one question I'm getting asked time and time again is about AI and whether or not we're using ChatGPT or any of the other kind of platforms to create content. Um, And it's a big no (laughs) from us um, for, for quite a few reasons, which I won't go into depth about too much here and I will be blogging about very soon Um, but really obviously to say that it's not just to do with the fact that you know obviously we're dealing with very technical topics Um, even if you spent the time properly um, setting the parameters for the AI to kind of go out and research it they would never really do a nuanced enough job or address the concerns of a very specific audience um, obviously, there are privacy issues to consider, um, but the the big answer that obviously we always give is uh, is about transparency. And if you are going to use it, whether it's just for kind of ideas generation or blog structure, that you need to be really, really transparent um, about that. Uh, and as I say, AI isn't just sort of influencing content; it's probably influencing 
every aspect of marketing and certainly web development and kind of automation and those kind of things. So we're going to try and do a, a more in-depth um, podcast on that one very, very soon. It's super interesting kind of thinking about it from that perspective. And like from a content perspective, we can already see that there are too many flaws at the moment to make um, good use of it in a way that's going to be genuinely beneficial for our clients. But at the same time, we are a change progressive agency. So it is something that we are monitoring really closely to identify are there things that are going to be really useful for our clients here and also kind of there's also where supporting our clients to implement AI where it is beneficial for them particularly those clients that have got kind of really long and protracted um, user journeys um, and the user experience there might be some elements of there now it's all super embryonic and I don't think there's um, any firm answers yet about kind of where we see the direction of AI in marketing but if it's likely to have a role I know that we're going to be at the forefront of what is right for our clients. Yeah once again you know we've got those passionate people who are staying ahead of all of the latest trends um, and like you say if it's going to be doing our clients good then we want to be getting on board with that absolutely the capability is just going to be increasing exponentially isn't it so we uh we definitely need to have our eyes on that <laughs> it just remains to say thank you thank you so much for joining us um and thank you kate and sarah for your valuable contributions to today's podcast um and i'll be grabbing some more of the team and some external experts over the coming weeks um so please do join us again if there are any topics that you would like us to cover get in touch you can reach us on hello at marketingpod.com and we'll hopefully see you again soon thanks everyone <laughs>